The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. As we roll along through the the off season, we are really in the the beginning stages of NFL draft season. the The Senior Bowl is is coming up, so I thought we would uh, we would get uh, one of our favorite NFL draft analysts to to drop by the show. And so we're we're visited today by by Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan and now of uh, of CBS Sports as well. How you doing, Em? I'm doing fine. It is always a pleasure to jump on it and talk some shop. Uh, it's, you know, weird that we're, you know, now at draft season, we were just wondering if we were going to have a football season. So it's good yeah. to be back on. Yeah. Amazingly, amazingly, the NFL has gotten through a season with, with no real delays with, you know, the, with the schedule, you know, as, uh, as it was laid out, basically has been followed, and I'm, I'm kind of amazed by that. But here we are at, at, at draft season, and, and I need to start with this with you. This is normally a time of year for you when you're hard to find, when you're at all kinds of all-star games, the smaller all-star games that that nobody ever really hears about that that I think you know better than anybody else in the country, to be honest. I mean, first of all, how weird is this for you not to be able to do those kinds of things? And how much does that impact, you know, personally, your ability, you know, to to really know these kids, you know, from the smaller programs, you know, as, as we go through the draft process? You, you know, that's a great question because, Initially, I thought it was going to be a situation where, man, you know, I, I love being out there, as you know. I love being at the all-star games, the smaller ones, because you get a really good jump start on, you know, some of these small school prospects and also uh, these group of five guys or P5 guys that may not be the h- household names. But what has worked in my favor this year is that a lot of the small school guys are now playing in the spring. So, that's an issue I don't have to worry about as far as missing out on guys. And a lot of the the guys, uh, you know, from these P5 schools, Power 5 schools or what have you, have decided to go back. 
So normally around this time, you know, I'm, I'm going through these all-star games and I'm preparing for, you know, the grading process of 800 prospects, right? And just to give you an idea of how my load has been lightened a little bit this year because of guys going back and taking the, the NCAA up on their offer for the free year, um, preseason, when we first initially got hit with the pandemic, like back in March, I'm like, man, you know, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a season, so I might as well get a jump start on these grades for guys that, you know, are going to come out. And mm -hmm. for instance, quarterbacks, I had graded um, thinking that guys were just going to, that there wasn't one, wasn't going to be a college football season. And those guys were just going to be eligible for the draft. Right. Mm -hmm. So I graded 85 quarterbacks, you know, so out that 85 that I had already had grades for, I moved 40 to the 2022 class because, you know, you had half of that list being small college guys that are going to play and half of that list. The other half is the guys that have played this year, but decided, you know, I'm going to go back for the extra season. So it, it made my job a lot easier. And I had got through only quarterbacks and running backs I had about, you know, 80 running backs graded already. And now half of that list has gone back for 2022 uh, so it's right. light in my low. So I won't have 800 prospects for this draft class. I'll probably have a good 400, um, which is easier. I'll be able to get my draft guide out, you know, earlier this year, as opposed to right the day before the, uh, the um, combine, because we know there's no combine this year. So I'll have my draft guide out earlier um, and it'll be a, a lighter class, so to speak, because a lot of guys are just going to go back and play football. Well, you know, I, I got to stop you for a second, M, because just in case our listeners didn't realize, you know, that A, you're insane, and B, you know, you're a great source of draft information. Did you say 85 quarterbacks? 85 quarterbacks. I had a preseason list of, you know, guys that had NFL grades on them. Uh, you know, like NFL ranks them 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So I, I'm like, okay, well, let me go and go through this list and knock out some of the guys that I know are going to come out. Um, you know, some of your your Trevor Lawrence's and play, players like that, right? Um, but let me start working on some of these guys on the back end that, you know, if they if there is a season, I can get out of, ahead of it and grade these guys. And a lot of those guys decided to – some guys ended up playing and decided to go back. And it was like, wow. You know, I, I respect that because now college football is going to be jam-packed next year. It's going to be outstanding. And a lot of these FCS conferences, I mean, you know, I'm big on the small school guys. They've decided to play in the spring, and some have just punted to the following fall. So it's just like, you know, that's a lot of my work that's, um, you know, alleviated off my off my plate. Uh, so I, I know once we get the vaccine and, and we get back to a little bit of normalcy, I'm going to be out there on the road again, calling games, scouting games and being on these college campuses. And, you know, so I'm excited for 2022, but I know this draft class is going to be a lot easier for me to knock these guys out as far as grades are concerned. And um, you really get the, the information out to the public. All right. So let me ask you, we are, we're coming up next week is the senior bowl in mobile and it's going to be different you know, it's media wise, fan wise, it's going to be a lot different. One of the other ways that it's going to be different is I think we're seeing some players accept senior bowl invitation, 
accept invitations who normally wouldn't guys like Devonta Smith from, you know, from, from Alabama is the one that leaps to mind. How big in your mind, I mean, how much different is the senior bowl going to be? And maybe the better question is, is as far as the draft process for, you know, for GMs and, and, and teams, how much more important is it this year? Because these guys are, you know, for one time, they're all going to be in one place. Right. And you can get accurate height and weight, which is huge uh, for, for the scouts and uh, why you can't do 40 times or, you know, uh, the combine type drills. You get to see them play live, you know, because scouting was limited uh, during the season. You know, yeah, we played college football, but scouting access was limited. It was a lottery system for how many scouts or which scouts had the ability to attend the game. Uh, so it wasn't your natural scouting year where whoever applied got to go. There was a lottery system. So not all scouts got to go to the games that, you know, that they requested. So having the top tier prospects in one spot, especially without having a shrine game as a buffer the week before, this is going to be huge for the scouts to really get their hands on guys, you know, see how guys operate uh, and really watch them. So I'm willing to bet this will be the most uh, scrutinized senior bowl from a scouting perspective in recent memory i'm just curious you know looking ahead to the senior bowl and and all of that scrutiny are there are there a couple of guys two or three guys you know who might maybe fit giants needs who who you're really really curious about you know during senior bowl week yeah you figure let's look at you know uh what are the major giant needs right uh, initially, you think wide receiver would be one, right? You need a, a bona fide number one. Um, how much of that will be able to be answered at uh, at the Senior Bowl? And obviously, one guy would be Devonta Smith. You think, okay, Devonta Smith could help the Giants out tremendously offensively, giving them another speed guy on the opposite side of their other speed guy, and um, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Slayton. Slate, I couldn't remember his name. I was thinking Shepard for whatever reason. There is Shepard. But you have a speed guy there. um, So that could be your bona fide number one. And the Giants are picking, you know, high enough to where you could see a pathway to get him. You won't see the other number one receiver in this class that the Giants could be in potential, uh, a potential landing spot. And that's uh, Jamar Chase out of LSU. Uh, But he won't be playing in the senior bowl because he opted out the season. But maybe that's a number one. I'm talking about Devonta Smith. You think about some edge rusher talent that that's there. I'm a big fan of uh, Quincy Roche. I liked him back at Temple, and I thought he was the better pass rusher that Miami had, although their other guy opted out. Even if he was there, uh, Russo, um, Gregory Russo, I still think Roche is the better pass rusher because he's done it more consistently, has a little bit more of a, a natural game than just a projection coming from Russo. So you have those edge rushers there, you you know, maybe a guy that uh, can help you out, you know, on the offensive line, you know, just continue to build that depth. Although I think the offensive line has done a great job. You look at, you know, Landon Dickerson at center, uh, Leatherwood could play tackle. Um, so I, I just think that there are some key players that the Giants can look for at some positions of, of impact that can help them right away. And I just think instantly you think wide receiver, you think a pass rusher, you know, some some will say corner, which is a, another you know need. You could add another corner out there, so 
just try to figure out which one do you think could be the elite guy. And, you know, even though we probably we won't see certain, he's one that that definitely would interest Giants fans and and uh, folks if they can get him so that they have some options. But I think right now, senior bowl wise, they're probably looking at can I can we get a good gauge on a top tier you know playmaker? And right now you've got to think edge rusher, wide receiver uh, and perhaps cornerback uh, if you're thinking round one. All right, and what I want to do, I want to take a, a really quick break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I want to talk about the, uh, the, the lack of a real combine this year, and I want to, uh, to get your, your take on, on three or four prospects, you know, guys that, that I'm kind of fascinated by, you know, from a Giants perspective, you know, going forward into, into this draft. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we are talking with the always informative Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan about the the upcoming NFL draft as we as we roll into into draft season here. And M, you know, this is uh, this is a, a weird weird draft season. We know that there's no NFL Combine per se. I don't think we know yet exactly how, you know, whatever regional combines and virtual interviews and all of that, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. But, you know, what are your initial thoughts just on on how this changes, hurts the process, helps the process and and, and on and on missing out on some of that on some of that food in Indy? Oh my god, you know that's where my biggest you know, concern was like, man, what about the restaurant tour? What about the food? <laughs> uh, but I think the biggest issue for the, the, you know, that hurts the players or hurts the teams is the medical. That's the reason why the combine exists. It centralizes the medical uh, information with all 32 teams. And so they won't get that access like they've normally have gotten it. The workouts are the workouts. You can we saw that last year. Like you could just have them, you know, zoom or or record and, and ship it out to, to the teams. They could do that at their schools. So that's not the issue. The issue is the the medical that is streamlined with everyone's doctors there sharing information and they won't have access to that. The interviews are, are key, but you can do interviews via Zoom. So I'm more concerned about the you know the medical stuff that we that they won't be able to get um as easy as they have in years past. And, 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 and M, I mean, we, we just barely got started on our food tour last year. I mean, come no, on. We had the great steak dinner with that great <laughs> dessert. And I like the fact that you're a dessert guy too. And you weren't going to let me eat dessert by myself. So heck you know, no, exactly. <laughs> we're, if we're there, we're doing all three meals, uh, you know, appetizer, entree and dessert. Love you, it. You know what? If I'm spending that kind of money, 
on on dinner i am going all in <laughs> all in exactly <laughs> man i miss i'm gonna miss that part of it though oh. um because again you just you know you have your staples and then you find out other spots where you can go and eat you know and thinking about it i mean it's funny we're talking about the combine but just imagine we were there last year in COVID and didn't realize you know you know how right, bad, right. you know what I'm saying right like, at the right at the very beginning of it and and people i think were aware of it but but didn't know what it really was right and imagine how we moved in indy you know how the combine is set up you just moving in packs all throughout the week day and night and you know it was just amazing to see how i wonder if anyone actually caught covid out there in indy who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, it's just it's a year later. It's a it's a totally different world. And I'm I'm really interested to see how the whole process unfolds, how they do the medicals, how they set up the workouts, because I think you're right. I think there there's enough film, you know, coaches can still talk to coaches. Scouts can still talk to to people that they need to talk to. They can get the background on these guys. It's it's the the medical piece you know, that, that they need. And I'm, I'm curious to see how all of that works out, but Hey, listen, what I want to do, I have, uh, you know, I don't study players prospects nearly as much as, as you do and nearly as much as, you know, a guy like Chris Flum on our site does, you know, at big blue view, but I have been, you know, going through of late a lot of the guys because i'll be honest i don't watch a ton of college football in the fall i just don't so i know these guys by name i know the guys that people start to talk about i'm just beginning to kind of get caught up on some of the guys especially the ones who the the names sort of get circulated around as as guys who might you know, who might fit the giants need for a playmaker um you know things things like that so what i want to do I've been kind of intrigued, you know, by, by a few guys at this point who I think, you know, maybe could fit, but I also have questions about whether they could fit with the giants. So I'm just curious, I'm just going to throw some names at you and, and see what your, you know, what your impressions are of, of guys at this point. And, and, and the first one that comes to mind, the first one I look at with the giants at the 11th pick is Kyle Pitts. The, the tight end slash wide receiver from Florida, because the the Giants have Evan Ingram, and I don't think you can play both of those guys as true tight ends together. So the question is, can he be a Des Bryant type, you know, and play out wide? Is he a combo guy? I mean, is if the Giants were to keep Evan Ingram, is Kyle Pitts a guy they should seriously look at? You know, if you if you use him in a context of how uh, teams used to maximize double tight ends, and, and again, even though uh, this player I'm about to mention is is you know I'm not talking about a you know tit for tat or pound for pound com- or one to one comparison is what I'm trying to say. I'm talking about how effective you can be with a double tight end offense that has two tight ends as threats, and I'm talking about Aaron Hernandez and and. Uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski, when you have two tight ends that are legit threats like that, it opens everything up. It just gives you a different dynamic offensively. So you could have your Ingram, um, 
within all of his inconsistencies. You know, we saw some growth this year, but we saw those inconsistencies rear its ugly head. But now you compare you 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 know pair him up with a Kyle Pitts, who could be that stretch tight end, that down the field threat at tight end, while not losing, you know, your uh your Darius Shepard out there or Darius Slayton out there um at receiver. So you're just adding another target. And then when you factor in Saquon coming back and his threat in the passing game, you have legit three studs at receiver that can be threats out there on the field. And you add in your, uh, you know, your uh, Sterling Shepard out there as well. So, yeah, you can have an offense that features both of those tight ends. Now, when Hernandez was with Gronkowski, they used to use him in a run game. But I feel like you can do that with uh, Evan Ingram. And Pitts is your your vertical guy. Granted, everyone will always ask, well, how does he block? How does he block? Blocking is about effort and want to and positioning, you know, so you can get around that. Um, but what you can't get around is the fact that those two dudes have legit threats. And now you for, force the defense to find ways to match up. Who do you match up with Pitts with? A safety? No. A corner? Well, that's going to leave one of the other corners vulnerable with Slayton or Shepard. Or do you put you don't put a linebacker on them because that's a mismatch all day. So it does give you options. So I can understand if they want to draft Pitts, it just it, it creates so much uh, flexibility within their offense. I'm I'm kind of amazed when I watch Pitts and and when I watch him line up out wide at his ability against press coverage for a guy that size. He's not beating guys off the line you know, with, with physicality, he's not beating guys off the line by leaning into him and, you know, and using his hands, he's beating guys with his feet off the line, you know, off the press. At least that's what I see. And, and I mean, I'm curious if you see the same thing and, and, and how rare that is for a guy that big, I guess you could kind of look at him, how Chase Claypool was at Notre Dame, you know, and Claypool was a guy that, didn't have the you know the quicks that Pitts has so if you envision Pitts on the outside as a true wide receiver you're just changing his position um you know you could kind of have him you can kind of envision him like a plexico plexico burris type uh at, at wide out you know and so he i don't think he has the deep speed that um claypool has but he has the you know the size and the ability to to win up top like Burris had, so I guess if you want to designate him as a as a wide receiver, you can, um, and you can create ways to to have success with him out wide, or if you still want to keep him as that tight end designation, if you like his blocking enough to where you feel as though his blocking isn't a, a true liability, then you just keep him at tight end and draft another receiver. You can even draft his teammate. Trayvon Grimes and get you the same thing uh, playing above the rim. Grimes is 6'4", 6'5", uh, 215 with the ability to go up top and win big. So now you put two big guys out there and you really can play, you know, the uh, above the rim offense, so to speak. There you go. So another guy that I want to ask you about is a guy you mentioned in the, the first part of the show is Gregory Rousseau. I mean, how how do you look at him when I, I look at him as – as a pure projection, I'm not sure what he's going to be. Um, and I mean, and how much does, does taking the year off, you know, hurt him and, and affect how teams will look at him. That's a great point, Ed, man. When I watched him over the summer 
and I saw people talking about him. And this is this was before, uh, or this was at the same time Roche, uh, Roche decided to go down to Miami. I'm like, I just don't, I don't see it. You know, I see a guy that, yeah, he's tall, but he plays too tall. You know, he doesn't really have any technique, um, and is not explosive as far as being dominant is concerned. So you wonder if taking the year off hurt him in a, in a sense of he lost a year of gaining that, that, uh, you know, um, that technique, that nuance within the game that you need to succeed at the pro level. And I guess you can, you know, if you're projecting him to be something and you think you can get that quote unquote it out of him, then I can understand it. You can, I, I would entertain someone saying he's like Alden Smith, you know, but Alden Smith was dominant at Missouri. You know, Russo wasn't particularly dominant. He just had physical traits and he was young. So now you have to factor in his age, uh, his expectation of, you know, what you expect him to be over time. So you will have to be patient with a guy like that. Me personally, I would rather, if I'm coaching in the NFL, I would rather a guy that I know I can get something out of right away as opposed to someone that I would have to, you know, have a three to four year projection because I may not have that long uh, as a coach. So give me the Roche, give me his teammate, Jalen Phillips, the other defensive end. Give me those guys more so than a Rousseau, unless I got, unless I'm a new hire, you know, unless I have the luxury of time and development and, you know, maybe, if you're the Giants and Joe Judge probably has that cachet, we can draft him and then, you know, let him play situationally behind a Lorenzo Carter, behind a O'Shane Zimenez, and have him situationally grow into the role. Uh, but man, it's hard to spend a premier pick on someone that's going to be a spot player for you uh, for about a year or two. So another guy that I wanted to ask you about is another one of the the edge rushers that gets talked about right around eleven. And the reason why I want to ask you about Quiddy Pay is he's more of a guy who I think, like you were saying, I think you, I think you're able to see what kind of production you're going to get. I think you you can see more of what he actually is. My question is, I watch him, and I see a pure four three defensive end. I see a guy that. Stands up once in a while, but not very often. At least at Michigan, that's how he was used. And the Giants, we know, run a base 4-3, although they're multiple. Um, you know, they, Patrick Graham does a lot of things. If he had a guy like Quiddy Pay, I'm guessing he could have a plan for him and figure out how to use him. But knowing the way Patrick Graham, you know, has constructed his defense, if you're the Giants, do you take a guy like Quiddy Pay and then and then try to try to find ways to use him, or or do you look for something else? I, I would look for something else. Quiddy Pay is a good player. He reminds me a lot of uh, you know what the what they had in Marcus Golden. You know, someone that's a squatty guy but explosive, hustle, try hard, that's disruptive. Um, but even we saw Marcus Golden play situationally. And again, if we're talking about pick 11, you, you want someone that's going to be out there 90% of the time, right? Um, you know, whether it's a starting corner, a premier pass rusher, and I, and Pay is not a premier pass rusher. You know, he's one of those guys that people talk about. Uh, he gets hurries. Yeah, hurries are good, but hurries also sound like you haven't 
gotten to the quarterback. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, pressures and hurries are, are, are good. Uh, but sometimes we need you to close. You, you have to get there and put the guy on the ground. Um, and I think he's a he's going to be a productive player. But at pick 11, I'm thinking impact. You know, I'm thinking guy that could take the ball away, guy that could put the quarterback on the ground, guy that can score the ball. Uh, so, you know, those are where – because right now, pay would be more if I'm picking in the late rounds. Uh, not late rounds, but later in the round, in the first round, or top of the second, you know, a rotational piece. But if you're looking for someone to be that – difference maker right now i would probably go in another direction than than pay especially that early all right and one more guy that i want to talk about and and this is a guy who you know some people have him ranked as a top 10 top 15 prospect i see other guys look at him as a day two guy um and and this is a guy who i'm conflicted by when i watch him because really the guy's barely played football in the last two years. And and I'm talking about Rondale Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue. And I'm conflicted about him as a prospect for the giants. First of all, because we've barely seen him. And second of all, because this is a small guy who, when I look at him, I think gadget guy, I think, you know, Tavon Austin, I don't think, you know, of a guy that's, that's a primary wide receiving threat. I mean, am I, am I wrong about more? I mean, just what are your thoughts on, on this guy entering the draft? What, what, uh, you know, what concerns you about more is to use the lack of a better term more is, uh, what concerns you about more is his, the fact that he has been injured. You know, if you're going to be a small guy, you better be durable. You know, and we saw him dazzle as a freshman. I mean, like he beat Ohio State by himself. Um, Otherwise, Ohio State goes undefeated. And then the next year he gets hurt. Then we saw him come back this year and but come back later and in the season because he was dealing with an injury and then he ends up getting hurt again. And it's like, man, well, what what are you getting? And again, if you're picking in the first round, you talking about pick 11, you want sure bets. And so when you look at Rondell Moore's game, how much of that, to be honest, is comparable to that of Sterling Shepard, correct? And you look at Sterling Shepard, when did he go? Second round, third round, something like that? So that, to me, is probably where you can get a guy like Rondell Moore and and piece him into your offense. Because if you're taking him at 11, you're expecting him to be a a co-number one to Darius Slayton. Um, and that's just not his game and his health just hasn't been consistent enough for you to, to envision that. Um, so I, I would worry about him going in the first round, love the talent, but you kind of want a guy that, that can shake that injury bug, you know, and because injuries are key in, in pro football, as far as where you're slated to go in the draft, you know, that's going to push him down in the you know second, maybe late second, early third round area. Yeah, I, I think I pro- I am with you on that. I think, you know, just off my initial study, I'd be comfortable with him on day two, but but not not on day one. I think I want I think I'm with you. I want a guy that 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 ha- if I'm going to draft a wide receiver that probably has a chance to be a one. Yeah, especially one that can, you know, be out there for a full season you want the sure fire bet in the first round or close to it 
And right now, more would be a nice to have, not a need to have. If you're comparing him to Jamar Chase, to uh, Devonta Smith, even to a guy like Jalen Waddle, um, he just doesn't fit that bill right now. But if you're going to, let's say, for instance, if you're looking at him uh, and you're looking at an ideal situation for him, a team like New Orleans would be great for a Rondell Moore or a team like uh, Miami would be great for a Rondell Moore. But the Giants need a co-number one, and that's not Rondell. They, the fit just isn't there right now for that high of a selection. I'm placing my order right now for Jamar Chase. Just everybody else get out of the way and just let the Giants have Jamar Chase. <laughs> as long as people keep talking about Devonta Smith, that's more likely to happen. They forgot how great Jamar Chase was last year. There you go. Em, I think, uh, you know, I, I could talk to you all day and I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll be doing it again. I, I'd love to, to check in with you every two or three weeks, you know, as we, as we go through the off season leading up to the draft and, and folks, before I let M go, I want to remind you guys that, uh, that M has been doing some, some YouTube videos for us. So please make sure you check those out on, uh, on the big blue view YouTube channel. Uh, we, we always appreciate to uh, always appreciate those M and we, we appreciate having you. So just, you know, quickly tell folks where they can find you if they don't know, you know, before I let you go, they can follow me on Twitter at F ball game plan, and you can pre-order your 2021 football game plan draft guide. And you're going to need that thing for this year, especially and that's at footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. All right, M. thank you very, very much. And uh, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to, uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere and everywhere that uh, that you get your information you can find big blue view all right thank you giants fans for listening and we'll talk to you soon bye bye